0: Uh, 23 and something that we'll get right into. Hallelujah. Lord God, we thank you for this mercy that you show us and that you have revealed to us the truth and everlasting life. God, it is you who is holy and just. And it is us who desire to be with you, Lord, if you will allow it. Father, we ask in Jesus Christ's holy name that you would show up here. Lord God, we ask that you will let the Holy Spirit show up here today. Lord God, begin to break up all of the foul ground. Break the chains and the yokes of bondage. The snares and the things that we brought upon ourselves, Lord. The murray and the the muck and the miry clay. Lord God, begin to transform us with only the way that you can. By your Holy Spirit, by the anointing, by your word. And by your presence, almighty God, you are able. And as we read this word today, Lord, we ask that you would show up and speak to us any way you choose to. We give you the honor, the praise, and the glory. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen and amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. That is me. I'm super sorry. I don't know how that happened. that tends to be a 360. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Okay, so we're going to start off. And first, I'll tell you the name of the message. name of the message is faith and patience. Develop it, then use it. So you're going to have to develop the sound-mindedness of faith. And then you're going to have to, and patience, and then you're going to have to use it. You're going to find out some things today about faith and about patience and how they work together in a way that will transform your life if you work the process the way he said it, that it will perfect you and keep you and crown you. You're going to get to a point where you're going to have the ability to walk perfect in God. He's giving a message of how to do it. So here is uh, Psalms 23, and these are things that we have to understand. These are things we have to get down. People neglect this chapter because it's so easy to read and we all heard it, but you have to take it to heart and you have to understand it. Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, and I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. What we've what we got to understand is that God is our shepherd. We are unable of figuring out how to make the right decisions in life unless God is leading us. See, the Bible says he maketh us to lie down. That's when he's saying stop or go. And then it said, yet though I walk. See, our problem is we get caught up in the valley of the shadow of death. Yet though I walk in it. See, but the Lord shall deliver us out of it. we got to understand the shepherd, who God is and who he is for us. We are delivered and led and blessed and anointed and overflowing when we follow the shepherd. When we get caught up in our own path, he still comes looking for us. That's why the, the Bible talks about him leaving the 99 for the one. So that that that's the part that we need to focus on when it comes to who we are. We're sheep. We need a shepherd. Otherwise, we do not walk through the valleys of the shadows of death. We see death looking at us. We know our wages is death if we continue in that path. But God shows up and he delivers us. Okay, so we're going to get right into it tonight. Bible study, faith and patience. Develop it, then use it. You got to first develop it, then you got to use it. The process of developing it is so strategic that God gave us the answer, and then he tells you how to talk to him. He don't, he don't go into saying, now see, there you go. Now you've done it. Now you do that. No, He's uh, he tells you how to do it, then you got to learn how to use it. And that's the process. Faith and patience. Develop it and use it. You can go to the next one. honey. Yeah. What is faith? Okay, we all know. According to Hebrews 11 and 11. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. And the evidence of things not seen is the substance of things hoped for. It's God, will you do this for me? God, can I be in this and I hope he does it. That that it's a knowing. It's a knowing that God will. So I defined substance. Because if it's the substance of things hoped for we need to understand what substance means. And in the dictionary, of course, I tri- pulled it out. It says, the real physical, the real physical matter of which a person or thing consists and which has a tangible solid presence. Amen. Faith. Is something that you have the ability to actually see the result of it. If I believe that God said he will do it, it's going to have to be produced. It's actually going to have to show up. Because if the Bible says it is the substance, that means in faith you're going to have to see the result. That's God actually letting you know you have to try him. Because if God said it and he said it in a different format which did not prove that it was a God thing, you would never know that God did it. But God said faith is the substance of things hoped for. It's going to show up. It's a tangible thing. Faith will develop something when you focus on it. And it says that it's the evidence of things not seen. I define evidence. Because in order to have evidence, you've got to, substance is going to show up. And then the proof that is going to show up is the evidence. And the evidence is the available body of facts, meaning endless information to justify it actually showing up substance. The available body of facts are information indicating whether a belief or a proposition is true or valid. This here is going to give you the ability to know whether faith itself has a tangible relationship with saying, believing, and receiving. This is the fact. This is God saying, hey, look, I said it and it's going to happen. This is really all he said. He said, I already told you it's going to work. If you trust me, it's going to happen. If you trust me, it's going to happen. Okay, next slide. So we're going to do development of faith. This is how you develop the faith. This is what God, not even just the faith, let me get it real. This is how you develop the faith and the patience. The faith is going to be checked and shaken. And then we'll get to the bottom of when, where, and how the faith is tested. So we're going to go to James 1 and verse 1 through 4. You there? Okay, so James uh, chapter 1, verse 1 through 4. James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the 12 tribes which are scattered abroad, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. But let patience have her perfect work That ye may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. Now, the Bible says, count it all joy when you fall into diverse, diverse meaning multiple different and different kinds of temptations. Now, as we continue to read, you'll find out that these temptations are brought on by ourselves. Lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh, pride of life. Count it all joy. Now, when God is talking about counting it joy, when you fall into these things, what he wants you to do is have the reflection of this knowledge. He wants you to know that I'm in it, but if I sustain myself, right when I'm about to click the button, light the stick, look at the person, walk that direction, pick up the drink, etc., Etc. if I sustain myself, it's going to bring forth valuable results that God will allow me to elevate in him. See, that's an action. The Bible says you must be a doer of the word. Here's one way that you can be a doer is when you actually get in that hot spot, that feeling, that, that vibe, that, oh, I want it, that, that thing that you know is not right, when you get into that particular situation, you need to look in the mirror and smile and say, I'm in the battle. And if I do not get into this moment, I develop perfect patience. Let me reread verse 4 because verse 4 needs to be understood. But let patience have her perfect work, that ye yourself may be perfect and entire, complete, wanting nothing. See, the Bible is saying patience when he used the word her, what he's saying is it will fully submit to you. See, a wife submit to the husband if the husband is being a real man. True. See, and if you're going to be a child of God, you have to be a real person in God. And the Bible says he makes us sons of God. He, he's not... Cross and gender. He said, hey, look, I see you all as Jesus. I make you all the sons of God. So if you really stand still in that moment when you're about to take the candy at night, you're about to touch the phone when you should be sleeping, any adult temptation, when you get in that particular situation, God is saying, do not fold. Do not turn in the towel. Do not give up stand still in it and firm in it, and if you do, you're going to produce the results of making yourself perfect. Amen. See, people don't talk about that. Amen. David, if you give in, you have the woe, the feeling, the uh, at you. If you don't give in, The Bible is letting us know that just not giving in to the words we say that ain't right. The thoughts we think that ain't right. If we don't give in to that, we reach one more level in the perfecting of yourself. But the Bible says let patience have her perfect work. Let her have it. Because it perfects you if you hold on. And see, it's the faith. The faith is tried. See, when God said you can, that, 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 that problem shows up. That problem shows up. The Bible says, lay aside the weights. Weights more than once. And the sin that do so easily beset you. Something that knocks you off course. What keeps you from looking forward and go The trouble of the world. Oh, my God, what about this? Now you're looking that way. What about that problem? I now mean, he's looking that way. And then, in the midst of the problem, what do we do? We self medicate, which is the sin that do so easily beset us, put us off course, take us off course. But in this, we have to have patience. Let me read 1 through 4 one more time. Actually, I'm going to read 2 through 4. No, 1 through 4. James, a servant of God, and of the Lord Jesus Christ to the twelve tribes which are scattered abroad. Greetings. He said, I'm talking to everybody God chose. Every group God chose. The priests, the warriors, the battlers, the builders, everybody. First of all, hello. He greeted them. And let me explain to you the way you're going to communicate with God that's going to give you the result. My brethren, Count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. That's a lot of different things, and that's a lot of different ways. He's talking about what brings about in life. When your life starts getting cluttered with all these personal binding feelings, you need to say, I must obviously be worth it. One, two, I'm still alive, and something can torment me. I need to say, thank you, Lord. I need to say, there's something at the end of this. Because whenever you get in a boxing ring, you need to know that only way you're getting out of that ring successfully is if you win. And that alone should pump you up. You should be excited about it. When that thing starts playing with your mind, you need to say, yes, Lord. There's a reward. Nothing happens without the other side of the coin. When trouble comes, that means God was on his way and the enemy saw him like, oh, let me go stop this person. But just standing still is a doing in the word. See, God is let you know if you just stand still, I still see that as acting on the word, obedience to the word. That is moving in the word. Because a lot, that's why the Bible says, When you've done all that you can to stand, stand therefore truth? You have to stand anyway. Okay? Let's go to the next slide. Right? Okay. You have to actually focus on it. In order for you to have the joy that the Bible is talking about have in the time of your worst temptation and in the time when strange things are taking place, you, the only way to have joy, when the Bible says count it all joy, how are you going to count it happiness? How are you going to count it something good? When problems come, how? You're going to have to focus on it. You're going to actually have to focus on it. You're going to have to focus on not quitting in the midst of the situation. That's the only way you're going to count it joy. You've got to focus on not quitting in the midst of it. You've got to focus on not getting weary due to the lack of knowledge about it. When a situation is happening to you, you can't can't stop and try to figure it out. What you've got to say is, this is counterproductive to a successful life in God and in joy. God wants you to have joy in a situation. And if you don't have joy in the situation, you are not focusing on how or why you should have joy. Why should you have joy? Because you can't quit in the midst of it. You're going to get joy if you don't quit. You're going to get joy if you don't quit or get weary and worried because of the lack of knowledge. Your money don't come in on time. Why do you need to know why Well, God wants you to stay focused on the joy that there's something better at the other end if you don't quit? Number three, focus on not blaming anyone, even if it looks like as if you could. Even if it seems like you have the ability to blame them because they said something or did something, if you're going to have joy in that temptation, you're not allowed to focus on blaming nobody. Because God Himself said, "Count it joy. Stay in it until it's done." Amen. You got to see it through to the very end. You have to let patience have her perfect work. If patience is a female form of a spirit that will submit to you, then why are we not having joy? Because we're throwing patience away. We're not focusing on the fact that you can't quit. We're not focusing on the fact that we can't get weary just because we don't have the knowledge of the problem. We're not focusing on the fact that we can't blame them even if we feel like we could. We've always got to point somebody out, but it's not God. God wants us to sustain. And this is just the very beginning of it. This is just a very tiny little piece of the beginning because God got something on the other end of this small matter if you can just stand still. Amen. Matter of fact, if you overcome at one time by God's grace and mercy, that very moment activates the rest of the gift where you have been perfected in that one time. Okay, look at it, but you choose not to. That moment you need to start talking to God, dear Lord, I need to do it, I need this, I need that, give me this, because I need to be fortified in you. See, you got to know when. you got to actually focus on the fact that you gain a stable amount of faith if you follow through. We all got faith. But how are you going to stabilize faith? Here, Here, I'll prove it right here. I've been fasting and praying. So I feel like I can talk to God open heartedly. Yeah. And I know he's going to show up. I know he's going to do it. I can worship him freely. When y'all in here, I can't get myself together. Yeah. When it was just me, I'm running through this place worshiping God, can't even stay on my knees because I feel like I can do that now. I feel like I, it is available for me because I follow through with it. Right. When you don't follow through, and you do make the mistake. Now you don't feel like you come to God like you want to. You feel guilty, heavy burdened, laden, pushed down, broken. You don't feel worthy. You're trying to contemplate in your mind what could be said to God first before you can actually ask Him anything. That's the double minded. Double minded. You want to have that perfection, impurity through just waiting. You also got to focus on the joy it is going to take to pull you through. That's the problem. His first line is brethren. My brethren. I know you. You need to count. Count it. It needs to be on a list. One, two, three. Count it all joy. When you, when you fall into the diverse temptation. Because God's mercy and grace, it endures forever. His love endures forever. That's endurance. God's mercy has so much endurance that if his mercy was in a race with the fastest, strongest man, mercy would outrun him because it has the endurance. So when you have sin in your life, mercy will outweigh your sin. Sin can't win with mercies in the race. Amen. God wants you to know about that. So when he wants you to stand firm in it, it's because he wants you to understand the reason for your joy is because my mercy is right behind you. Amen. David says, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. All the days. I can run in sin and the second I stop, mercy's already caught up because it's Follow you, and he's got endurance. That's what we got to do. Amen. Also, focus, actually focus on why you should have joy in the first place. That's right. Oh, man. And why should we have joy in the first place? Let's read on. Let's read on. Verse 5. James chapter 1, verse 5. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to all men, liberally, and upbraideth not, meaning he's not going to remove it. Liberally means he's going to give it to everybody. It doesn't matter who you are if you ask him. In this sense. And upbraideth not. And it shall be given him. But let him ask in what? In faith. In faith. Nothing wavering. For he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea driven with the wind and tossed let's go to verse 7 and 8 let not that man that, that think let not that man that think that he shall receive anything of the Lord verse 8 a double minded man is unstable in all his ways let's stop there now here's the answer he don't want you to worry about he wants you to focus on actually focus on number 2 right there not getting worried due to the lack of knowledge about it why because if you keep the patience the faith is now stabilized which is the second from the bottom or one of those there the third from the bottom you you regain a stable amount of faith if you wait. See, it's so beautiful that when your birthday's coming up, just like Zabiah's today, there's gifts in the corner wrapped up. Not, Not necessarily metaphorically. But there's gifts in the corner wrapped up. But if she trusts me, she knows no matter her not knowing what's in that gift, she knows it's a gift. She knows it's going to be good for her. If God is telling you to do something, There's something better than you can imagine because God said, eyes have not seen, ears have not heard, nor has it entered into the heart of man what God has in store for them that love him. Loving him is your obedience. Loving him is not turning away from him no more. So, reason why James, by the anointing of God, is saying this is because he's trying to get you to a place where you can receive from God. If you In the place of temptation, you're going to be able to receive the ability to pray in faith. And God wants you to do something. He wants you to ask for wisdom, knowledge, understanding. He'll give it to you. And if he gives it to you, he'll give it to you if you exercise your faith. If you exercise verse 1 through 4, patience, making your faith stable. For he said those that act wavering is like a wave of the sea where the wind blows and they're tossed about. Right. What he's saying is when you give in to that sin, now your mind is wondering, is God going to love me? Is he going to do it right? Can he hear me? What do I need to do before he gives me wisdom? Now you're double-minded because you're talking to him and you're talking to yourself. You're worrying about yourself and you're worried about God. You're not stable enough to come bold to God and say, I thank you for your joy. For the joy of the Lord is your strength to sustain through temptation. So, God, thank you. May I please have some of that free wisdom you're talking about? Let me have some of that. And while you're at it, you said I can move a mountain with faith, lower my bank account, and bless my soul. (laughs) lift me up deliver my body. Use me to preach to others and God will do it. Yep. Double-minded man, unstable all his ways, just because see, it's a monopoly, it's a domino effect. When you don't sustain through temptation, you don't got patience, and you don't get to sustain patience and let it be perfect, which it actually just perfecting you. That you become whole, complete, and don't need anything. Because once you've overcome your sin. Overcome your weakness. Overcome the flesh. Overcome the temptation. Now you talk to God No, Hey God, hallelujah. Amen. Thank you for mercy. Show me what's next. Lead me in the direction you want me to go. I'm going that way and I'll do it. No problem. Let's go to verse 9 and 10. These ones I want gunnery. read because I got a different format in my mind from God as to how to do it. But let's go ahead and read verse 9 and 10 on down. Go ahead, you can change the slide. Okay. Okay, now, let the brother of low degree rejoice in that he is exalted, but the the rich in that he is made low because as the flower of the grass he shall pass away for the sun is no sooner risen with a burning heat but it withereth the grass and the flower thereof falleth and the grace of the fashion of it perisheth so also shall the rich man fade away in his ways okay let's stop there and now here's the understanding God is saying if you are poor and you with me and you sustained, I'm going to get you out of it. Let's get down to business no matter what your life looked like, no matter where you are, no matter how you got there. If you perfectly stay in temptation, I'll get you out of it. I'll get you out of the poor stuff. And if there's a rich man clouded like the man who could not sell all that he had and get to the poor because his mind was on the riches, the Lord said, I'm going to take that away. To save your soul, I'ma take it away because it seems that every time I give somebody this level of wealth before they have me, they go shipwreck. And I need you to know that I see you like grass and like flowers. The sun ain't up faster to cook one rich person. The sun didn't come up quicker and hotter to kill a rich person, to burn your father. No, it's not pseudorism. But it's still, you're still gonna fade away. And if I don't get your attention, you're gonna fade away to obscurity. You're not gonna make it with me. I need to remove that so you have a reason to call on me. Then I'll teach you the secret as to why you need to call on me. I can restore it, but I need your attention first. Now we're gonna to go to, uh, let, let's talk about this too. There's temptation, we all know where it's at. It's that apple right there. Can't get into that. Yeah. You, you gotta make up in your mind that this is it. You've got to make up in your mind that it is it, that God is real. The devil's real. We know that. You've got to get it in your soul that I am going to walk this thing out until my very end. You've got to get it down to your soul not to pay attention to anybody else's opinion about life. And you obey God because James pointed it out to all the children of God. Count it joy. Don't worry about what they're saying. Hallelujah, God. This is a way to show myself strong in you. And as I show myself strong in you, I don't need anything else. I don't need nothing else now. Because I know you always hear me and you bless me. So I need to just walk this thing out. And when it gets funky around me, I just got to stand still because my patience is going to outweigh the sin and mercy is always behind me to wipe out the problem. So I just don't even have to move. I'm going to be patient. And I he's going to sustain me. Let's go. Let's go to uh, verse 12. Verse 12 is indication of what verse 1 through 4 is talking about. James is still talking. James is telling you, you need to be happy about these problems because if you stop them, you're going to win. Stop, and you win. So verse 12. Blessed is the man that endureth temptation for when he is tried. See, this is the present that's sitting in the corner that gets unraveled. This is the actual answer as to why you got to just stop with the foolishness. Stop with the mistaking for an addiction or a problem or a circumstance or something we grew up in. I lived in it for years. More than half of my life I have had given in to temptation but when I read this here I know why it's important to quit. I will give it up a million times for this. It says blessed is the man that endured temptation. For when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life. What? Let's just hold on right there. When you try... You receive the crown of life, so the thing in heaven, that's going to be placed on my head like I am of the royal priesthood, like I am a sole heir to the throne of grace. Now, the understanding of being a sole heir to the throne of grace, meaning if God wanted to go on vacation and Jesus wanted to go follow him, you will be in line to sit in his throne That's God saying, I got no pride, no arrogance, no nothing. You do right, you can even sit on my seat. I don't care. Sit right here. You be a sole heir to the throne. Just so happened David, Samson, and all of the people in the Bible go on vacation with the father and his son, and you the only one there. He said, "Go ahead, have a seat. You go ahead, rule it because I trust you that age. See, God wants to give us a crown of everlasting life if we just wait on Him. Okay, let's get back to it. Hallelujah. Which the Lord hath promised, this is the end of verse 12, to them that love him. Okay, verse 13, and go go to the next slide, honey. Okay. Okay, once you've made it through. Let no man, verse 13, say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempted he any man. But every man is tempted. When he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed, then when lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin. And sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. Do not err, my beloved brethren, every good gift and every perfect, see, that's the word, perfect, in patience giving you the crown. Perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights. With whom is no mean, He doesn't waver with it. He's going to give it. Neither shadow of turning. Of his own will begot he us. With the word of truth. Amen. That we should be a kind of first fruits. Of his creatures. Amen. God is letting us know. The reason why I'm telling You don't give in to temptation. Is because it's going to start to produce sin. Sin is created by the devil himself. God has the Holy Spirit. The devil created the unholy spirit in his action. Do you want to start worshiping the devil in action? Because our actions worship God. Obedience worships God. When you obey his words, you are given wordship. You're obeying God. You're worshiping him. When you start rejecting the only word that can save you, you're now giving worship to the devil. Amen. You're falling for a spirit. God's spirit is called Holy Spirit. The other spirit is called sin. The act of ungodliness. He is showing you that when you give into the temptation, the spirit of that temptation becomes your master. And when that master produces what it did in the devil, it's gonna produce it in you. The devil lost his life, he lost his place, he lost his crown, he lost heaven, he lost connection with the Father, and when we give into his spirit, we walk with him out of the presence of God and we lose it. Amen. Because it's a wage. You got a wager your life. We were bought blood of Jesus. That's our wage. The wage of our lives is the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. He said, I'll die for him, for her, for them. And the devil says, I'll kill him, her, and them. I'll give them the spirit that takes their life away. God says, I'll give them the spirit that restores everlasting life. When you give in to the temptation, you are giving into the sin. And the Bible says when the sin is fully developed, I'm paraphrasing it, it produces death. Yeah. If you stick your head underwater long enough, surely you're going to die. Yeah. If you stand in sin long enough, surely you're going to die. Amen. But we in God. You get to live. Patience. Faith opens up your prayer life with God. Let me read this here. Once you've made it through, prayer life becomes much more effective. You don't have nothing stopping the way you talk to God. The development of your prayer increases. See, I've noticed that in God since I've stopped doing that, when I pray for a nation by the power of the Holy Ghost, I'm able to see the nation in my mind. He'll let me travel places My body's never been, and I'm sure of it because you have a much more effective prayer life. Do when you make it through it. Once you've made it through, the mind becomes more sound and stable in decision making. I made the decision to do what God said, and it worked out. Now I feel real good because the joy that's in me brought the patience. The patience perfected me. The faith is stable. My communication with God is locked in. Now I'm whole. See, it's a process he's trying to teach us. So your mind is stable. Number three, enhance elevation in knowledge, wisdom, understanding directly from God. Because he says, ask in faith wisdom, which I give you, and I'll pray it not. He gives it, it was literally. He's coming to get the faith. He knows where to go. And that's what we gotta do. The Bible says, come to us at, come to me as a child. Amen. Desiring the sincere milk of the word. Amen. Mm, take this one here. Take your mom. Take your mom. Hallelujah. So with it being done, once you've made it through, you enhance elevation and knowledge, wisdom, and instruction directly from God. Proverbs, in the book of Proverbs, you find out that wisdom and understanding are female spirits. They said, we grew up with the Father, or ever the world was created, as his king's women. They're like, this is like our brother. We're like brothers to the almighty Father. If you want us, we're going to give you length of days, long life, and prosperity. And the Bible says, endurable with riches. See, when you know what to do, you'll understand that God said, Ask me in faith, not wavering. That's where I am. And I'm going to let what you would consider my two female sisters come in and Man. instruct you. They're actual spirits, wisdom, knowledge. And when it says they're women, that means they are fully submit to you they will give you as much as you're willing to hold on to if you follow through. You get a reward. Your crown, your priesthood, and the ticket to heaven at all times. If the Lord came now, I'm going to heaven. I'm fully aware of this. The Holy Ghost is moving inside of me, confirming that I'm obeying the word and that I'm Period. You get it. You become a more confident doer of the word and not just a hearer. I'm confident in doing it now because that one little part that said if I don't give in to that temptation, I receive an elevated spirit from God which gives me better access and it worked. I'm aware that from Genesis to Revelation is going to work if I work it because he promised it. And I know I got the crown. So I don't have to worry about it. You get to move to the more intimate, deeper relationship with God and others. I've read this a million times, but for God to give me a deeper understanding about the first chapter of the book of James, how he was trying to give us the golden egg to heaven just from patience alone. And patience developing your faith, and your faith giving you better access to talk to God, and God giving you the wisdom and the crown and eternal life just through you not giving in. He wants us to do what Joel did. Amen. That's what he wants. The Bible said Job was perfect, upright, feared God, and skewed evil men. He didn't even play around with sin. He didn't even touch it. How was he perfect without the Holy Ghost and upright and feared God and skewed evil? He made a decision. He made a choice. He made an act of faith. And the devil said, let me try. And he'll curse you. And the Lord let him try and said, just don't take his life. He killed 10 kids all his cattle, his friends turned their back on him, his wife turned her back, said curse God and die and Job, though he ran his mouth a little bit, he did not charge God foolishly, he stayed and God restored him a hundredfold everything was given back to Job and in the days because he stayed, God just wants to know that if the devil comes knocking at our door, are we willing to show what Job was able to show without the Holy Spirit and we have it. Amen. Are you willing to just sit there and wait? Oh, yeah. Let patience have his perfect works. You be whole and entire and warning of nothing. Amen. Go ahead. And you get the freedom. You get the freedom Amen. to live holy. Go to the next slide, Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You gotta stay vigilant. Until you're free in Jesus. But you got, I wanted to just say until you're free. But you've got to be free in Jesus, so I'll put that there. But you got to stay vigilant. Vigilance is the ability to see what's around you. Recognizing. You've got to recognize is this is a technique from the enemy. How do you make it through a hard time? The lady who had the issue of blood for years. The man who was blind from birth. D- Daniel in the lion's den. Ananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, who was Abednego, Shadrach, and Meshach, been in the fire. You one of the men of the old Bible, in, in, of the Old Testament down in the lime field. Yes. you got to, you've got to take those examples and find where you fit in there, because in your life, if you're in a situation for a long time, like you've been. You still got to find the example of the lady with the issue of blood. Once you get to Jesus, he made it all right. He removed the problem. He ain't worried about it. If you got trouble in your home, Daniel was in the lion's den. But when you trust the Lord, the angels are going to stop the nonsense. And you can rest again. Because God promised it. That's what we got to do. We got to get away from the ways of this world. Oh, man, I'm just telling you we got to get it together and live holy. I'm mean, at available. Amen. I don't want to go to hell. Who want to do that? That's not a good thing. Stay vigilant until you're free. Those hands of prayer, that's what you have to do. Jesus Christ being our delivering Savior, King of King, Lord of Lords, Alpha and Omega. Amen. If he prayed until he bled out of his forehead, what are we doing? He don't even have to do that. He can go like this, poop, be in heaven in two nanoseconds. (laughs) On that cross, he could have turned that cross into a cherry tree and ate them all right in front of him. He could have caught all the angels. He said it. But Jesus did this instead. He got down on his knees to show us it's going to take some tenacity. In order to get the right answer, you're going to have to press in. Amen. Until God is doing what he said he's going to do. Gotta press in. You gotta stay until the chains are broken. You gotta stay. When those people were in the upper room in the book of Acts, they were with one accord worshiping God. They stayed until he showed up. You've got to stay until something happens in your life. If you have a problem with temptation, you've got to stay in prayer until the temptation is defeated. It's the spirit of the enemy. That's right. We brought it on ourselves, but it's his spirit. We got to get it together. Well, what verse was I at? Who the? You're on uh, 19. Okay, let's go there. Wherefore, my, brother, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. What that is saying is similar to what they said about Jesus and what David said in the Bible. David said, I spoke not good nor evil in the presence of the wicked. And the Bible said, Jesus like a lamb to the slaughter. He was I mute; mean, He didn't say a thing. That's right. The Bible is saying, it's time to hold your mouth, to hold your patience, and to hold your faith. So you can one day hold your ground. Your mouth, your patience, and your tangible ability to trust God because the evidence is there to prove what he said is true. Amen. For the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God, wherefore lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness as the perversion. And receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save your souls. We talked about this last night, Trina. The Bible cleanses the soul. If you read the Bible just because you don't know the ingredients, it's going to take effect. This is why. You eat a slice of pizza ten times a day, you're going to start looking like that pizza by the end of the week. You're going to put it on the way. You eat the vegetables, you're going to start looking real healthy. You eat some poison, you drop it in, for sure. You drink the water, you're going to feel a little bit brighter. You eat the word, it's going to show up in your soul, your action, your walk, your talk, and your ways. And none of us can read the ingredients to the pizza. But we know when we eat it, it's going to affect us in the way that it affects us from eating pizza. The grease. Messing up the skin and the body. So what I'm saying is, read the Bible for your soul's sake and let God add the wisdom and knowledge you don't have to sit there and try to figure it out. For the Bible itself says, do not wrestle with the scripture, for the Holy Ghost will reveal it to you in his due time. Amen. My baby at one month old cannot handle a chunk of meat. So I'm not going to give it to him until I see them teeth. And I'm going to give him small pieces of meat until he's able to handle it. God don't want no baby saint trying to bite the cow while it's alive, you're going to die. It's going to kill you. It's going to trap you that body. Amen. He don't want you Amen. new to his word right. over here in the book of Revelation, chapter 21. You having a heart attack that night. Period. <laughs> behold, I come quickly. And you ain't even repented yet. Now you about to have a heart attack. God wants you to be patient. Until he teaches you, he said, "I will give you the wisdom if you ask me." Patience has its perfect work. So I'm telling you, you put on your running shoes and you see everybody lining up, but you ain't tied your shoe. When you get out there, that shoe's coming off. You hitting the ground. You're not ready. Patience with God. Okay, let me see. And the Bible says, wherefore, so this is just some, some basic examples as to how to help yourself. He wants you to help yourself. Wherefore, lay apart all filthiness, superfluity of naughtiness, and receive with meekness the engrafted word, which is able to save his soul. Verse 22, but be ye doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. For if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass. When well, God saying in a glass, he's talking about a mirror. A mirror. He's saying that you stand in front of the mirror and see how you look and you know that you're one, either your face is dirty or, you, or you're very clean. And if your face is dirty, and you go into a dignified place. You did not take into mind that you shouldn't be there till you cleaned yourself. Or you, your face is clean, you go into the, the landfill or the dump. You, you're messing around in there, you did not understand that that is not where you're supposed to be. What God is saying is when I teach you the word and what you ought to do, this is the principles. And the way a Christian and a saint is supposed to conduct themselves, but once you get out of the Bible, if you do not take it to your mind to apply it, now you go away and you over here doing your thing with the person. Now you looking like a fool because you had the Word in you and you knew what you were supposed to do, but you chose to go over here and pretend again. You chose to go over here and say the thing again. See, God wants you to take into consideration why you should do it. One, the patience develops your faith. The faith gives you the ability to get the answer from God. God will give you the supernatural wisdom and knowledge, and he will also crown you with glory forever if you sustain yourself. And he tells you why. He said, because this is your own problem. You're tempted. You're lusty. I didn't do this to you. I want you to come over here with me where I can't even be tempted. If you and me, you can't be tempted either because I'm going to be around you. I'm going to block it. But once you start listening to my word and then walk out of it, now you find yourself tempted because you walked away. You forgot what I just told you. You forgot who I said you were. Verse 24. And we're almost done. For he beholdeth himself and goeth his way and straightway forgiven what manner of man he he was. But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty. When he says liberty, he's talking about freedom. Perfect law of your freedom. He who looks into the perfected ability to free you to live your whole life how you need to live it with total joy, peace, patience, God, salvation, crown. That's what you should do. Look into the law of liberty. And continue therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deeds. I Meaning everything you choose to do, he, everything you choose to do will be blessed because he said it. That's all to it. If any man among you seem to be religious, but bridleth not his tongue, but deceiveth his own heart, this man's religion is vain. God is letting us know something right here that us men need to take into consideration. Men tend to say some foolish things and some very bad things and profanity. That's us. That's all of us. Let's tell the truth. Guilty, Guilty as charged. Trocon too. Young man. He said it. Baby, trying to imitate some words off the TV. Getting spanked. I remember that day. You trying to say that that word? God help us. God have mercy on us. Help us, God. If we're doing it, God is saying our religion, meaning our righteous relationship with him, is not effective. Vain, vanity. vanity, vexation of spirit, meaning nothing. Meaning now we are troubling ourselves to try to overread it, overread it. That's vexation that stresses you. And guess what? You get nothing out of it. Because the mouth that we bless God with, we curse in man. You cannot turn on one side of your tap and at any time, cold, hot, cold, hot, it ain't going to do it. It's going to give you one or the other. Fresh bowl of water, throw a little salt in there. Wait a minute. No, that's not how it works. God needs the vessel to be clean. If we're a house and God comes and lives in there and a gang member comes and lives in there, there's gonna be some strange situation and some conflict. If somebody came to your house, David one is a blood, the other one's a crip, and they don't know each other, there's gonna be some conflict. And now you're stuck in that situation. That's how it is when we got God and the devil trying to hang out with each other. You wonder why it's a double mind because you're split down the middle, trying to figure out which way do I go? Right. Well, you got to introduce one spirit and you got to expel the other. Where do you go? You're stuck. Because they're with you. That's the problem. We've got to know how to say, listen, come hell or high water. I'm going to have to say no, and I'm going to have to live it. Because I can give a crown now. you got to it. we've got to stop using the words that keep us from God's blessings. Otherwise, our soul is vain. Our, our righteousness, our religion is vain. The Bible says in verse 27, pure religion and undefiled before God and the Father is this. This is what proves that you got God and you're doing it right to visit the fatherless. That I means going out, talking to people who don't got nobody that can show them a good example. And widows in their affliction someone who don't have a husband to stand up for them and when they're in an afflicted situation where somebody needs to be there, they're going to have to be the one to stand in and say, I will stand up for the widow and I will take the charge. Amen. See, because that's what God do for us. And to keep himself unspotted from the world, patience in the midst of temptation, Will develop your faith. It will develop your direct line to God. It will cleanse your soul. It will give you a crown of glory. Your royal priesthood with God. Access to the spirit of wisdom, knowledge, and understanding in the book of Proverbs, and a according to the Bible, a perfected law of liberty, freedom in this time. And when you read about wisdom, knowledge, and understanding, length of days, long life, durable riches. And wealth, according to the scripture, if we just be patient. Okay. I didn't know I wrote some more. Okay, here's another one and we'll go get through this and keep on going. <laughs> Bible said it just starting over. <laughs> go back to the first one. No, I'll like, play. No. <laughs> Saying no is the greatest yes you will ever say. No to blame or shame, shaming someone else. No to negative focus. No excuse. There is no need for negative focus if God said, count it joy. Count it joy in the midst of your trouble. No to say mo- one more day or one more time. Mm. That was me. I said one more day for like 20 years. One more time. One more time. One more time. One more time. I got skinnier and darker. I'm telling you. Oh, this had fell out twice. God had to show me, Matthew, how many times you want to lose your hair and your weight. One more time, one more time. Look down the line, it's 20 years later. I'm missing five on my teeth. One more time, Lord. One more time. Oh, I love them. No, you don't. You like them. You just like God. Oh, God was so good back then. That's all it was. Because I would not stop. And then I got so confused that I couldn't figure out if it was Divided possession? Is this a really strong bad habit? Am I now addicted? Am I just doing it? Can I quit any time? That's confusion. Just stop. Amen. Just, just stand still. Gotta get your patience going. No to secret sin. Amen. There's no need for me to be clicking and popping while nobody's watching. Leave that phone in the back in the living room or put it in the trash can because of no sense in clicking and popping while nobody's watching. That is not secret. Say no. It's the best yes you can say is the no to that. No, no, no to a double mind. God can't use it and neither can you. You cannot use a brain that's flip-flopping with every single thought because every time something, now here's what happens. When God changes your life, you become almost like a vacuum cleaner. When people talk to you, you ingest what they're saying because you know God can fix it. So your mind is constantly trying to figure out how God is gonna fix it. But when you got a dirty filter in there, all of a sudden you pulling it in can't get it out. Somebody's talking to you about the slavery stuff, the black power movement, you get that stuff in your mind and now your head is spinning because you can't figure out where it fits in God and you can't get it out of you. You can't have a double mind. You've got to say to God be the glory. Your mind's going to have to tell you that the Bible says not Greek nor Jew, that means no race. Male nor female, that means no gender. Bound nor free, that means in no situation. But all are one in the body of Christ. We're just one. Period.